So when I started working in the online space, I didn't want to talk about myself and my marketing. And everybody was saying, oh, you have to share how you're different. You have to share your unique voice to get clients. And I was like, no, I don't want to do that. And then something clicked and I discovered my voice. I discovered the unique things that I have to bring to my business and to share with my clients and with the world. And it just, it became a much different business. And I was not afraid by the end of producing that podcast, which was four seasons. The last season was just me talking into the microphone. It was just such a dramatic shift. Welcome to the Online Creator Podcast. I'm your host, Kim Tradewell, founder of May & James Co., a creative digital company. Building a brand is about human connection. I am here to help you articulate your story through strategy, development, and execution. I believe that anything is possible at any age and at any stage of business. The only limits we have are the ones that we place on ourselves. I want you to feel like you are supported, not alone, and that you are able to take action quickly. On this podcast, expect to hear interviews from a wide range of guest speakers, bite-sized solo episodes from myself, bingeable episodes that will give you insights, different perspectives, and actionable strategies to help you reach your goals personally and professionally. Now let's get into the show. You're listening to the Online Creator Podcast, episode 44. Today, I'm speaking with Nicole Neer. Nicole is a business consultant who helps female entrepreneurs grow their businesses by focusing on sustainable strategy, simple back-end systems, and hiring a supportive virtual team. She's been in the business of helping people for the last eight years in many different roles. She started out as a VA, a certified online business manager, and most recently as a resource for visionary entrepreneurs who are looking to simplify the back-end of their businesses so they can get back to serving their clients. Listen in to today's episode to hear her journey of how she found her voice through the platform of audio. And I really love Nicole's approach with her work. She supports her clients through looking through a lens of where people are at in their lives, what their needs are personally so that they can show up their best professionally. Welcome to the show, Nicole. Hello, Nicole. Thank you so much for joining me on the podcast today. Thank you so much for having me. Yes, I can't wait to get into all things what you do specifically, but I start out um, each one of my conversations with how do you leverage your voice in business? And maybe it looks different from where you started and where you are at today. It definitely looks different for me, for sure. Um, I feel like I came from a background where I was a teacher for a while and then in social work. And in both of those fields, you're taught to keep yourself separated from the work that you do. So when I started working in the online space, I didn't want to talk about myself and my marketing. And everybody was saying, oh, you have to share how you're different. You have to share your unique voice to get clients. And I was like, no, I don't want to do that. And I would say it didn't really shift for me until I started my first podcast. And I hated the process at first. I didn't like hearing the sound of my own voice. Like I would not edit my own episodes, even though I had a podcast production agency. (laughs) And then something clicked and I discovered my voice. 
I discovered the unique things that I have to bring to my business and to share with my clients and with the world. Um, and it just, it became a much different business. And I was not afraid, you know, by the end of producing that podcast, which was four seasons, the last season was just me talking into the microphone. It was just such a dramatic shift. That's insane. So how did you choose, um, how and why did you choose the audio platform? For me, video felt really overwhelming. Like I didn't want to show my face. I felt like, oh, I have to be camera ready. Like I have to have all the lights, all the things. And when I was using audio, I could just be like in my pajamas. It didn't have to be a whole big thing. And for me, you know, I live with several chronic health conditions. So having something that was flexible like that was so important. It was a huge challenge at first. It was one of those things that I did and I was totally outside of my comfort zone. But once you do it a few times, you get used to it. Um, and now I love it. It's my preferred way to communicate with people. Okay, so let's dive into that a little bit more. Um, you've tried a few different podcasts. Like, what has that journey looked like? So the first podcast that I produced was specifically entrepreneurs with chronic illness like me. Because I was constantly coming across other people who had started their businesses because they were balancing their health and needing to make a living. And I knew it was possible, but I knew that we were our voices weren't being highlighted. So I started that podcast. It was an amazing journey sharing that with everyone. And then it just got to a point where I was like, you know what? I feel like I'm complete with this. I feel like that part of sharing my journey is done and I want to move on to something else. Um, and I took a big break from podcasting. It was like, a, I think, a year and a half. And then I started getting the itch again. I was like, oh, but I really want to create another podcast. And that's when my new podcast, The Resilient Business Toolkit, was born. Okay, that's so cool. And I also love that you shared that it took you a bit to get comfortable and that you kind of pivoted too and you took a break because I think I always say that you need to practice the muscle where whenever you're showing up, it doesn't matter like what platform you choose, you have to practice that muscle so that it becomes more natural as you grow and, and as you start hitting record. So I love that you shared both that it took you a bit and that your show evolved and that you took a little break because I think that's the other thing is that people don't, they don't allow themselves a little bit of a grace period of taking breaks. And that's why I love working in seasons with clients. Um, yeah, that's so important. I felt like I was a fool. Like I felt like I was such an imposter the first couple of times mm -hmm. I did it. You know, I was talking to these amazing entrepreneurs, sharing their journey, having these conversations. And I felt like, oh, I don't know how to structure the conversation. I don't know how to ask insightful questions. Like, I don't know how to record these intros and outros without sounding really self-conscious and recording them over and over again, right? It took a lot of practice, but it was something I was committed to doing. I knew that it was a good thing for me to push myself outside of my comfort zone, and I was committed to getting good at it. And eventually now it just I sit down to record a podcast episode and I do it like in one take. It, it's not a thing. That's amazing. And I want others to hear that because that's really key. It's so good. OK, I didn't actually realize that your background was in podcast production. Was that kind of an evolution as well with your business? It was for sure. So I, I've been in the online space for about eight years now. It's been a while. 
And I started out as a virtual assistant. And one of my clients, probably, I'm going to say about five years ago now, came to me and said, I want to start a podcast. Have you ever done that before? I was like, well, no, I've never done it, but I'm willing to learn if you're okay with me learning while I'm producing your podcast. She was like, yeah, let's do it. Go. And I loved it. I loved the behind the scenes of editing the audio and getting all the systems set up because I'm totally a tech person. But there was also a lot of marketing strategy and like building that into your business funnel. And it just included all the things I loved. And so, you know, she started referring her friends to me saying, oh, you need to go over to Nicole to produce your podcast. And pretty soon I had so many people wanting me to do podcasts that I had to bring in a team to help me. And I did that for about three years. And then I just realized I really love the strategy piece. I love supporting people with, you know, getting their systems and setting the podcasts up in their funnels. But I don't really love the actual production side of it anymore. And so I closed the agency in January, which was a huge shift, um, but it was the right one to make. But of course, I, I'm still producing my own podcast, so I'm not fully out of it. Of course. And I think that's what we do in this online space, right? We we see what kind of path takes us down and which road we turn onto to make these big decisions in our business evolution. Yeah. So I think that's super exciting. Yeah, it, it is. I think it's the thing that I love the most about being an entrepreneur, specifically <laughs> in the online space, is that you kind of get to go where your passions lie. And you, you know, even as our lives shift, we have things come up in our personal lives and we need our businesses to shift. And it's very easy to be adaptable in that way versus if you have a restaurant or you have a clothing store or something where you're really just tied into one concept. Yes. I try telling people that all the time and they really don't understand. <laughs> yeah, it can be pretty pretty incredible um, in this online space for sure. So let's dive into more of what you do now, uh, the sustainability strategy, because I find that people are talking more and more about this. Can you tell us what that means and what it looks like for yourself um, and how you set up your clients for success with that? For sure. Like I said, I've been doing this a long time. And when I started out, it was all about hustle culture. It was all like, let's just go as hard as we can for as long as we can. And then everybody realized, well, that leads to tremendous burnout. And so I see our field shifting to wanting to have businesses that are more sustainable, that aren't, you know, we don't need to go in and have these huge elaborate launches of our programs or our courses um, where we can just kind of build funnels that work for us. I'm really interested in this because I've had to do this in my life. So I think I mentioned before I have nine chronic health conditions, and the ones that impact me the most are fibromyalgia, PTSD, and bipolar disorder. So I have a lot on my plate, and I don't know day to day what my life is really going to look like. So I had to learn to rely on technology and systems and outsourcing and different ways to make my business work. And people ask me all the time, well, how do you do that? Like, what does that look like? And so that's really what I do. You know, I work with my clients to, you know, in a VIP day, we go in and we audit, like, what's going on in your business? What are your goals? What do you want that to be? And what's going on in your personal life? Like, what do you want your days to look like? And then let's figure out how to make your business strategy work around with that, specifically looking at your tech and your systems and all the things, because I love a lot of coaches and course creators focus on like the high level strategy 
and the marketing piece and the mindset, but nobody's really talking about, okay, but how do we set up the tech to make that happen? Like, who do we need in the mix to make that work? And what is all of that going to look like, both when you're setting it up and then in the long run? Because, you know, we have to keep changing things as they go along. So that's long-winded answer of what I do. No, I think that's actually really, really important to talk about. Strategy and systems really play hand in hand together. And it's something that I work with, uh, with my clients on as well. Because if you don't have a strategy with your podcast, you really just have a hobby podcast, which is fine. Um, but if you're doing it and spending all the time and energy, you need to do it so that it makes sense in your business. And I also think that this applies and relates so well with people's seasons in life. Uh, because like you said, you never know uh, when you are going to have a down season, whether it's personally or professionally uh, for your health. Maybe you're going to be off for a day or two. And how do you keep your business running? And what does that look like? And even for slower seasons, like in the summer season, what does running your business look like with the right strategy and systems in place? Do you do you see and hear that from clients as well? Absolutely. You know, one of the ways that I structure my work with clients is we work in three month sprints because it's long enough to get a plan and work on it. But it's also a short enough amount of time that you can make those pivots because you're right. It's, you know, we're, it's summer. Everybody wants to kind of take a step back. If you're a service-based business, the leads are going to be slow to come in because everybody's in the same place. So it's also, okay, so things are slower and we want to have a slower pace, but what kind of foundational things can we do in our business? Like this is the time to start dreaming and thinking about the next program figuring out what that's going to look like. Um, you know, those kinds of things, I find when you have the thinking partner who can help you hold the vision, but also figure out where to go with it, um, it can be really helpful just to work in those little short chunks of time. Okay. I love that you said thinking partner, because when you're in the thick of the weeds, you're in it in your own business, it's really hard uh, to figure out what piece goes next and how to really kind of breathe life into that next leg of your business. Um, yeah, and having somebody from the outside looking in is super, super helpful and can really up-level your business and take it to the next step. Yes, it's, you know, having that person who can kind of see from the outside what you can't see because you're so deep in it. But also, you know, I think sometimes with coaches, they're like, well, how do you feel about that? And I'm like, no, how are we going to do that? And then when you say you're going to do something by next week, I'm going to bug you next week and say, hey, how's that going? Did you get that done? <laughs> because that accountability piece is also a big part of it. Yes, yes, yes. I could not agree more with that sentiment. Um, but sometimes when you are a solopreneur or you have a small team, those actionable steps are hard to get done. So if you're looking to outsource because you just have too many tasks, too many things going on, uh, like in your day, day-to-day -day operations, are you seeing that as being like a place where people are getting hung up? And how do you support them to possibly look at their first hire? Because I think a lot of people are in this same spot in business and they hold themselves back because they just don't know how that next uh, step or phase in their business looks. Yeah. So what I see is that people, when they're starting out, they get told by their coach or they hear, you know, just in a Facebook group, oh, you need to find a virtual assistant. You need to go and get some help because 
you're right. You cannot do everything on your own. But people are also very unrealistic about what they expect. So from being on the other side of it, I know, especially when I was doing content marketing, people would say, I just want my social media following to grow. Well, where do you want to be? You know, what platforms do you want to be on? I don't really care wherever it goes fastest. And so you put them on a platform like Instagram, where you know that they're going to get lots of traction. But then, you know, things aren't growing the way that they want it to grow because they have unrealistic expectations about everything. I mean, it's just this whole vicious cycle. And so what I recommend is you as the entrepreneur, you are the holder of the vision and you are the CEO of the business. So figure out what you want that person to do. And sometimes it's as simple as spending a week writing down everything you do and how long it takes you. And figuring out where are the things that I'm spending the most time on that I don't need to, where are the things that I avoid, like the plague, like I do not want to do it, like what are those things? And getting a really good idea of what that looks like and then finding the person to fill those gaps versus, you know, what everybody else is thinking or, you know, just find the things that are the easiest to outsource, the things that you hate to do. And be really realistic with what you want that to look like with that team member, because that's going to set that relationship up for success. I'm going to let you in on a little secret, private audio feeds. This means you can take the audio from content you've already created and share it with your paying customers. With Hello Audio, you can create private audio feeds in minutes. Check out the show notes for the link or go to helloaudio.fm for more information. So my follow-up question um, that I'm interested in how you're going to respond with is, I know there's a lot of people that once they've got it figured out, like narrowed down into the area that they They really just don't want to spend time working in that area anymore and they want to make their first hire. Um, Do you suggest or recommend hiring like a contract position or hiring in-house? Which which direction makes more sense and what would you recommend? So actually, the first thing I recommend is getting a consultant to help you figure out what you can do with tech versus what you can do with a person. Because I think sometimes we think, oh, I need a person to do this thing when really There's a program out there that you could automate it. You could hire somebody one time to come in and set it up for you and teach you how to use it, and then you're done Um, versus having to have a person ongoing. But when you're ready for that ongoing person, definitely a virtual assistant is a really great first hire, somebody who's a contract position, and you can bring them in, have them fill those gaps without having to have a part-time or a full-time person. It's a really great first step to get some of those things off your plate with somebody who is used to working virtually just a few hours a week just to help you fill in the gaps. I love that piece of advice because I could not agree with you more, especially being in this online landscape for a bit. You see what's possible with the platforms that are out there. There's so many to choose from. And if you have the right one and set it up right, um, that's really the key. And to not spend too much time of your own time figuring it out so there's a fine line between like hiring an expertise in in that area so that they can first set it up right and, and not waste any of your time 
but also lead you down the best path and set you up for success. So, you know, it's again, one of those times where sometimes you have to spend a little bit of money to save yourself time and money in the long run. Yes. (laughs) Yeah. I think um, getting somebody to come in and set it up is really Uh key, but also, you know, a lot of people are are tech people, but they're not teachers, meaning that they're going to come in and set it up, but they may not be the ones who can say, oh, but based on your strategy, like maybe we simplify your workflow. Um, here's how I think we could set it up. And then once it's set up, teaching you how to use it. So you're not spending all your time like in support forums trying to figure out, well, my person set this automation up like this and now I'm getting this error message, but I have no idea what I'm doing in the platform. Like having that piece of being empowered as a CEO to know just the bare minimum of what needs to happen in the tech is really important. Yes, vital. (laughs) Because our time is the most valuable asset. So if you treasure that, take Nicole's advice. (laughs) Trust me. Um, If people need to find help, find what you do, how do they find you, Nicole? Where's the best place? Well, the best place is to start with my podcast, The Resilient Business Toolkit. You can go to resilientbusinesstoolkit.com to find all the information or it's available wherever you listen to podcasts. And if you need help outsourcing, my biggest recommendation is to get connected with a Facebook group or some other community where you can get referrals from other people. Because that's the most powerful way of going in and saying, oh, to to your mastermind group or something like that, I need somebody to come in and set up my Dubsado account or to help me build my website. Have you worked with anybody? Do you have any recommendations? It's a really great way to, to work with somebody who really knows what they're doing. I love that piece of advice too. Before I let you go, I love doing a little quick speed round. For sure. Get to know Nicole a little bit better. So let's dive into the first one. What would you consider as your superpower? Oh, my zone of genius is taking the vision and building the foundation under it. For sure. Absolutely. And what would be a piece of advice that would give your younger self now that you've had this many years experience in the online space, if you were to start over again, what piece of advice would you give yourself? Oh, I have so many pieces of advice, right? But I think the the biggest one would be to not get stuck in the strategy, but to just start doing the thing because it's always not going to feel like it's ready. It's just the imperfect action that gets you to where you want to go. And I think that's a perfect answer, especially when we started out the conversation with how you grew that muscle in podcasting, right? Mm -hmm. And not, you know, you have to build that confidence somewhere. Yeah. That's awesome. And last question, are you a reader, like a book with audio, podcasting? How do you like consuming information for entertainment or self-development? All of the above. (laughs) I have, um, actually, I don't listen to a whole lot of business podcasts. I usually listen to the fun ones. Um, every time maintenance phase comes out with a new episode, I'm there. I love audiobooks in the car or on a walk, but I am an avid reader. There's nothing like a physical book in my hands. Um, so I'm usually always working on one. And is it for self-development or is it more entertainment? A little bit of both. So right now I'm reading um, Chill and Prosper by Denise Duffield Thomas. It's just really about how you run a really streamlined, chill business 
without overcomplicating it. So yeah, it's brilliant. I definitely recommend going out and getting it. It's been really good. Okay, well, I'm totally going to check those out after we get off the call. And I'm definitely going to add all of those suggestions in the show notes because I haven't heard of that podcast either. I mean, there's really just so many cool books and audiobooks and podcasts out there. So thank you so much for recommending those. Right? Yeah. The podcast that I love the most is Maintenance Phase. And it's actually looking at the ways that we approach weight and diet and culture and all the misconceptions mm. we have about it. Um, and they're really just out there debunking a lot of things, hysterical and educational. And I just love it. Thank you so much, Nicole, for your time today. I honestly could keep you on the call to talk about so much more, um, really running a business and, you know, feeling good every day and checking in with ourselves and our energy levels. It's just a lot. Is there anything before we sign off that you would like to add? I think the biggest thing is, you know, my advice to everyone is just take the next right step. Don't look too far in the future. Just focus on what you're doing like the next day, the next week, the next three months, I think is the most I actually think that you should be planning out because you never know what's going to happen. You never know. what's So just do what you need to do today and do what you need to do tomorrow. And it all adds up. I love that you work in three-month sprints because it's really difficult to see outcomes quicker than that. And also such great advice about, you know, just taking one step at a time and not looking too far um, in the future because it actually can like halt you from progress and become a little too overwhelming. So yeah, three-month sprints are definitely where it's at. Yeah. It's doable. It's doable. And it you get to see progress. And also I think our the online marketplace is changing so fast. I feel like especially right now with all of the things that are coming out with artificial intelligence and all. Also, it helps you pivot when you need to pivot to keep up with what's going on. Yes, I could not agree more. We really do need to be agile and able to pivot because this online space is constantly changing and evolving. So Thank you again for your time, Nicole. I hope people will find you and reach out if they are looking for support in their business. Your expertise and your experience and your knowledge is vastly needed. Well, thank you so much for having me on. It's been a great conversation. Thanks so much for listening into the show. It truly means so much to me. You can check out the important links mentioned in today's episode in the show notes, and please join the conversation over on Instagram at me and James Co. I love hearing from you. There are so many great conversations coming up, so please make sure you are subscribed to Apple or Spotify or any of your favorite media players so that you don't miss out. And if you enjoyed the show today, please share and leave a review and a rating because it helps us so very much. Until next time.